everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Pure Hustle Podcast. Yes, thank you so much. We do have a request though before we get started. If you have found our content to be entertaining or helpful, would you consider leaving us a review on iTunes? Those five-star reviews really help to make sure that our content gets out there and that our show continues to grow. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Pure Hustle Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we're on episode 334, yeah. a themed episode. And it's going to be a good... They're always good. But this is like our wheelhouse, I think. Yeah, because today we're talking about our favorite thing, garage sales. Now, there are a lot of elements of reselling. Like we've made money buying you know, wholesale boxes. We've made money doing buyouts. We've made money at thrift stores from local deal. All the different ways you could possibly do... Uh, I, I think pretty much except for, I mean, we've done small pallets, not like full big Amazon mm-hmm. pallets, but like pretty much every way you can can make money reselling. And no matter what we do, I garage about sales, storage units. Yeah, yeah, the garage sales are the tried and true. Like that is that is where the fun comes from. That is where it's like the greatest thrill, the best treasure hunt. And it is potentially, it's, it's one of the most profitable ROI that you can have. Um, now there's elements of that in that you might only be picking up one item, whereas if you buy a pallet, it might be more profitable over the course of, you know, several years and and the amount of money. So there, there's trade-offs, but but man, the garage sale is great. And so today we're going to be talking about best practices at garage sales. And this is part one of a multiple, it might be just two episodes, but it might go to three. Yeah. So so stay tuned. Make sure Seven to episodes. subscribe and hit that bell notification so you know every time we drop an episode and hit that like button because... I think you're going to hopefully enjoy this episode. So now the first thing is the night before. And this is something when you're first starting off as a reseller, you don't think much about. At least I didn't. Or you might the first couple of times because you're just excited about doing garage sales. So you think of all the things, maybe not perfectly, but uh, you as you start to get comfortable, it's easy to forget that being successful starts the night before. For sure. Right. It, it is it is a weird idea because... Initially, when I was just doing this part time and it wasn't something I was looking to make money on, it was kind of like, hey, you know, let's go some garage sales. And, you know, you don't look on Craigslist or Facebook or anywhere to plan things out. You kind of just go and then you hope that you find something and then you start following the little, you know, neon signs that says garage sale this way. And and it ends up being maybe profitable sometimes, but most of the time. You just end up spending a lot of gas and you do not end up in profit. So the night before is very important. And this is something I think even new sellers, when they're they're low on capital and they're trying to find ways to maximize their money, is that the night before is when they start making the money because then they begin to figure out where to go. They're strategic about it and they have everything in place. So let's talk about some of the things that you'll need. This is just basic. This is like garage selling 101. But you need to have a full tank of gas or at least enough gas that you're not stopping. Because one of the worst things you can do is when you're going to garage sales and you're low on gas and you might be in an area where there's not a gas station for like another five minutes, 10 minutes, and you lose time where other people are already sourcing those goods. I know in San Diego, it is crazy competitive. It's competitive from like 4.30 in the morning until until 8 o'clock. Like it just doesn't stop. And so any time where I have to go... Oh man, I have to go with gas. I'm losing. You could be losing half an hour of your morning. So you yeah. got to make sure you got the gas. Yeah. My wife always makes fun of me because I don't, I don't pay attention to the gas meter as, as closely as she does. So we could be driving around. She's like, how's the gas? I'm like, oh, we're, uh, 
it's getting pretty close to empty and she's like oh we would we could have stopped and why didn't you check so not everybody does like not every some people just naturally are checking all the time i kind of just get into a routine i know i can typically go until you know thursday and then i get gas but you never know sometimes you drive a little bit more in a week and so yeah you want to be paying attention it's like little things like that like uh getting gas there's because what we're talking about are the things you can control and we talked in our previous episode there's things you can't control like i remember one day i was at a, a garage sale and i parked outside of this like neighborhood, you know, the ones that have like the locked gates and they yeah, open yeah, at a certain time. So I'm parked out there waiting until the gates open so I could start uh, going in. I decided to stop my car and wait for a little bit. So I'm not wasting gas. And I go to start the car back up to go oh, in no. and my battery had died. That's and so there's some things you can't control. I mean, uh, you, you know, maybe you should check your batteries every so often, but, but something like gas that's in your control and even things like getting money out, making sure you've got the right denominations of bills uh, the night before, because, I, I can't tell you how many times where I go to get, I call it my eBay wallet. It's like a separate leather wallet that I have. And it's like, oh, I got to go grab the eBay wallet and, um, or the garage sale wallet. And so I go and I get my eBay garage sale wallet and it's like, oh man, there's a lot of twenties and tens in here, but I've spent a lot of the ones I forgot to replenish those. So then, yeah, then I'm, I'm trying to break money that morning. So I leave extra early so I can go to a gas station to buy something to hopefully break and get some ones. And then they might be like, oh, well, we can give you one five and then the rest of the three ones. It's like, can I get all ones? No, I'm sorry. And then you've got to go to another place. And by the time you go to a couple places to get some ones, yeah. you, you waste the time because most of the time the banks aren't open that early. And so you really want to try and keep up with that. Um, if you are in the business world, and you are familiar with the idea of petty cash. And petty cash is one of those things where... Uh, typically a department might have a certain amount of money that they have and it's in cash, uh, actual cash, not just like they have access to an account. And as that money gets spent, they replenish the petty cash pretty much right away. And so you just kind of got to make it a routine where you say, hey, I'm going to go through my garage sale fanny pack or wallet or whatever you use where you keep your denominations and realize, hey, I'm running low on ones. I've only got this much and just always keep a certain amount in there. Maybe it's couple hundred bucks, whatever it is you always keep in there, just go through. And then that also is a good way at the end of the day to figure out how much did I spend? You go through and you say, oh, I started with 300. I'm, you know, I only have $142 left. Now you know exactly how much you spent. You go, you replenish your petty cash sometime that week before the next garage sale. Yeah. And the reason being for this is twofold. And one, I've had it before where I waited till the morning to get cash out and I'll go to the ATM and ATM isn't dispensing cash for whatever reason. Yeah, and ours only do $10, like the lowest you can get. I think that's Well, it depends. No, because, for example, I, I bank through Chase, and okay. if I go inside the bank, I can actually take out ones. Really? Ones and fives and tens and twenties. But the bank has to be open, right? It has or to no. be open. Okay. But if I go to the ATM, I can still take out fives. Okay. Right? So it's important to go in that night before. I love it when I go inside the bank and I get the ones. The reason being is I've had, I can't tell, even this last time, I was at a garage sale and I was probably one of the first people there and I didn't have my ones. All I had was a 20 and they didn't have cash for change. And so I bought something for a dollar and then we're just staring at each other like, how are we going to get this change? And so, you know, the guy's like, oh, going back and I'll grab some change. Disappeared for five to ten minutes. That's five to ten minutes that I'm losing sourcing. Who knows what what I missed out on during that time? And you do not want that to happen to you. You want to be able to have those quick bills. When something, you know, sell and when something, you know, comes across you that you want to buy to sell, you just quickly can go how much? And they're like, oh, a dollar. Like, oh, yeah, whatever. Here you go. And you just move on. Mm -hmm. Right. Because you do not want to lose that time. I can't tell you. The worst is 
when they go to the back. That's just the worst. And, and listen, some people go as hardcore as ch- having change on them because, you know, sometimes you can get stuff for like 25 cents. I wouldn't go that far. Uh, but, you know, you never know. It doesn't hurt. Uh, but make sure you're ready the night before uh, because it's definitely going to make a difference. And the other way you can be ready, too, is planning your route. So we used to have this. Remember that good old app, the Yard Sale Treasure Map? Yeah, good old days. And now it's. I always feel bad for the people who like they find us and they decide to go start back at like episode (laughs) one and listen through. And then they get to like, oh, this app sounds amazing. And they go and try and download it. And it's like, oh, that has not existed for a while. It's sad. Well, that's why we always say on our episodes, if you listen to our older ones, make sure that we're still relevant. We're hoping it's still relevant, but you should always make sure. And. You got to plan the route, whether it's you go on Facebook and see what garage sales, whether you go to, uh, I think there's GSLAR, there's that, there's estatesales.net, you know, you go to Craigslist, you look up garage sales, whatever way you find garage sales, uh, there's also the Nextdoor app you can actually look at too. Uh, You got to plan it. You got to figure out now, there's multiple ways you can plan it. I'm interested in how Mike plans it, but you know, you can either plan it based on mileage. I've done it before. I'll, you know, MapQuest is still around mm-hmm. and MapQuest actually, I can put everything in and it will, it'll put it like on the best route for mileage or the, or the best route with the shortest distance. And so you can plan it that way. So you're, you're saving gas, you're saving time. Uh, you can also, you know, put it together based on your ending point. Like for me, I always end up grabbing Chick-fil-A breakfast at the end. And so, uh, sometimes I might plan it that that's what happens. They have good biscuits. Oh, the the chicken biscuits. I didn't I didn't realize they had that good of biscuits. I was there the other day and I was like, oh, these are actually really good. When I never went for breakfast. Sponsor us Chick fil A. <laughs> pay us with Chick fil A biscuits. So <laughs> they're good biscuits. <laughs> they are good biscuits. All right, but the way I do it uh, now after time is I base my route based on items, and so I'll put keywords as to what I'm looking for. So maybe I'm looking for. Harley Davidson, or I'm looking for starter jackets, or I'm looking for whatever it is, I'll put it on there. And if I end up finding some garage sales that have the items I want, those will be the first ones I go to, right? Because if I can win early, I'm happy with that because that motivates me the rest of the morning and I'm not stressing about finding items. I can just kind of just take care of that nice haul in in the beginning and everything else after that is just gravy. And so that's the way I do it. Not everyone does it that way because sometimes you don't know. Right. You may plan it that way. I've done it so many times where I specifically went to certain garage sales and two things either happen. One, somebody gets there before me. We'll talk about that in a little bit about getting there early or two, their prices are too high right? or it's not even what they had in the picture. Sometimes sometimes they're like, oh, yeah, that was last week. We sold that last week. And they're like, I don't know what I'm going to do now. Now, how do you how do you plan your route? Um, I, I tend to. See, I have a very complicated algorithm. I assign each garage sale point value based on... No, um, not quite that serious. But I do look up... um, Generally, I start to to see if there's any church rummage sales or like community yard sales, community neighborhood yard sales. Those are what I'm looking for first. Uh, And if I see any um, of those, then I'm going to kind of adjust my day around that. What's their start time? Where is that location? Are there other garage sales in that area? If there's none of those, then what I typically will do, um, there might be, I don't tend to look for specific items so much. Like I'm not like typing in Lego or typing in tools uh, because I feel like sometimes they advertise those things and that's not really, you know, what you're finding is Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. sometimes, sometimes you get lucky. Uh, But what I, I will do is I will kind of just look through the pictures, look through the listing 
and I'll find my favorite ones. Like, okay, these four or five seem to be like the ones I want to, to see. I want to go to these and I kind of look at what area those are in. And then I do it based off of time. So I look at which ones start at six. Okay. So, okay. This one starts at six and there's two other garage sales near them that start at six. So then I create like a little six o'clock route. And then, okay, which one starts at seven? Okay, how far away is that? Okay, and then which one start at eight? So that way I'm kind of hitting them in order, the ones that start the earliest, I'm getting there first. So that way I'm not showing up at, you know, the one that started at six o'clock at eight o'clock because I just had my route backwards. Mm. So I, I tend to do it based off of their advertised start time. That way I'm hitting as many and trying to get to that kind of golden sweet spot of they've just opened, uh, they're eager to sell and there hasn't been a ton of competition already picking through all the stuff yet. No, that's a good way of doing it. I, the, the, you know, you just, you just don't know. Sometimes the ones I like is when I'm researching and they don't have the keywords in the ad, but it, the items in the pictures mm -hmm. and it's not in the first picture. Right. And so always be aware that I'm giving out these secrets now, but Hey, listen, there's so much out there. I'm not worried about it, but I have found that sometimes people just, just miss it that way. Right. They just look in keywords and the keyword search doesn't come up with, the item that they're looking for. But if you look at the pictures, you're like, Oh, like the other day there was one that had a Yeti. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the worst part about it is I drove all the way out there and there was no garage sale. It was one of the, you know, it was one of the fake outs that you set up. Total to fake throw me out. off. Yeah. I knew you were into Yeti. So I made a fake Yeti one. <laughs> I still think that theory is so crazy, but I could, that, that would be so nefarious. Like just do Brutal. 10 of them. Right. And you put in like big names, like you put in like uh, selling uh, liquidating my Yeti coolers for $10 a piece. That would be so dirty. It's awful. All right. All right. Hey, uh, before. Oh, no. Here's the other thing. And this is the one I struggle with the most. Getting a good night's sleep. I think it's so important. I make terrible decisions when I have not slept well. I make irrational decisions. I get, you know, you have to remember, and we're going to talk about this more in our next theme episode about negotiating, but you got to be in a good mood and negotiate. You got to be smiling. You got to, you, you got to be in a place where you can connect with people. And if you're just cranky and you're a grouch, you know, I, I see it all the time with resellers that show up and they're not nice. And I see them not get deals. Yeah. Right. They come in and they don't even say hi. They, you know, you can tell like maybe they, you know, had a good time the evening before mm -hmm. and, you know, they just they they pass up stuff. They miss stuff. You got to make sure you get a good night's sleep. And it, that's super important. And, it, and it's funny because at, at my house, like I think I sleep earlier on garage night, garage sale nights, like the nights before. Than I do on the, the evenings. I have to take my kids to school the next day. Well, yeah, it's pretty funny because I uh, I know that you sleep in. I always kind of joke that you like sleep till half the day is gone. Yeah. And uh, I remember I had to drive by your house one time. I was taking my son to a soccer game and it was really early. Like we had to get there at like seven. Uh, and I'm like, oh, Orlando's gone. He's out of his house. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's Saturday. He's out garage selling. I was like, you only see seven o'clock on a, yeah, on a I know. No, no, it's true. clock when it's, it's garage true. sale. It's true. Like I'll get up at 445 if I have to. That's good. And, and this is another thing. Make this is we're getting very basic here, but it's true. Whether it's a quick breakfast or whether it's, you know, a Nutri-Green, whatever it is, some kind of snack in the morning to give you that energy, uh, whether a uh, coffee works, you know, I drink my Diet Mountain Dew to get me energized, uh, whatever it is, because I got to tell you, the worst feeling is when you're outsourcing, you're like really hungry and it just dominates your mind. Mm. Right. And you're not thinking clearly or maybe it's just me. I don't know. But yeah, the bigger one for me, and I guess it kind of goes along with this is 
uh, needing to use the restroom while you're out garage sales because oh, it's it's really tough because like yeah. you know maybe you live in an We're area real here and yeah, maybe you live in an area where you can go to like a gas station they're open like here they're not like you have to find it's no, it's, it's hard to find open public uh, bathroom somewhere so I I purposely don't drink lots of fluids in the morning on on Saturday mornings when I go garage sales so like the little things like that like to think about is it going to be convenient to find restroom if not then you know maybe you know, eat a quick bar, but, but don't drink so many fluids. Like, and these are all things like if you've been garage selling for a while, you kind of know them. Uh, but you know, just some stuff to be thinking about, let us know in the comments below. What did we, what have we missed so far? Like what is the night before or like right before you leave? Like what are the things that you do? Maybe, maybe it's a ritual. Maybe it's like a tradition. Like before you go, you always like grab the first dollar you ever made on eBay and like, look at it and, and kiss it and then head out the door. I don't know. Like what, 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 what is it you do uh, to make sure that you have a successful day with your garage sales. Now we're going to share in this next segment as to why it's important not to be distracted during that time. But before we do, uh, there's something that's going to save you a ton of time. It's going to help you to actually, you know, get that money, those deductions for those items that you did pick up at garage sales and you maybe weren't able to sell last year. Uh, or, you know, you can see your profitability and go, wow, I'm making a lot of money on garage sales. That's probably the best way for me to source instead of going to thrift stores. And that tool is my reseller genie. Yeah. Uh, my reseller genie has been a game changer for me uh, because it's it's forced me to actually look at my inventory every month and go, OK, this is how much I paid for these items and this is how profitable I am. And I can look right. I can see, you know, whether it's my items that I picked up from the thrift store, whether it's a local deal or it's a garage sales. And I can actually see which items have been more profitable. And then when it comes to tax time, it's easy because. I quickly can get a profit loss a summary. I can get, you know, my cost of goods set up really quick. And so my reseller genie, if you're, you're stressing and you're going, uh, oh, 2022 taxes, I am so scared out of my mind. I wasn't doing the paperwork. I wasn't, you know, keeping that inventory log, my mileage, you know, my expenses, my reseller genie is able to help you. It's going to pull that eBay data from last year. You're going to be able to have a place to put your expenses, your mileage, all that good stuff. So if you haven't had a chance yet to check out my reseller genie, go to the link below uh, and use our promo code uh, Pure Hustle. It'll give you 15% off your first month and it's definitely going to help you. And we're right around tax time. So what better time to sign up for my reseller genie? Yeah. And that's uh, Pure Hustle. Is it all one word there? All one, one word. All one word. Pure Hustle. And yeah, you're, you're not going to regret it. It's great to have something to help you with taxes. Tax is one of those things that like it's over your head. It's like a dark cloud. And if you've got, you know, your reseller genie, my reseller genie just kind of clears those clouds away. <laughs> it's super cheesy, huh? Hey, I dream of my reseller genie. Oh my, that that's our logo. I dream of my reseller <laughs> is genie. It? No, I know it it's be. not. No, it's not. All right. I'll take so, credit for that. Talk to us about the importance of the golden hours. Yeah. So you really want to be early. So when you get to a garage, so there's like a, a sweet spot as far as when things are going to sell. Now, there are always exceptions to the rule. I mean, I hate that we have to kind of um, preface things by, you know, okay, that it's true. You might find your best sell ever later on in the day. Uh, however, if you've ever done a garage sale or you've done gone to a few of them, you know that people start getting swamped really early and it's a little bit overwhelming. Lots of people are coming, they're asking for things, they're looking for things, they're haggling. And the people who know what they're looking for, and and you you would be surprised. Like you would you've got no idea how long other people have been reselling. They're going through stuff, they're pulling a lot of very valuable items. And so all it takes is one or two people there before you get there finding those items that you you know are looking for, and then you're going to lose out there. 
And so you really want to be early. You want to be one of the first people to a garage sale if possible. Uh, and you want to be able to move quick while you're doing that so that you can get those items before other people are starting to look through them. Uh, so you want to be early. And the hard part for me, and I know there's other people like this, if a garage sale says starts at seven, no early birds, oh, all caps, all, all here, exclamation yeah. marks. And I'm the kind of guy that's like, well, you know, I'm not going to, if I show up before seven, like they're going to like, what I, I, that, that's a jerk move. Like they're not even going to want to negotiate with me. And then, so like I wait and I time it so that I'm like there at like six 59, I'm closing my door. I'm walking up as soon as the clock turns to seven and I'm looking around and they're like, yeah, already half the stuff's already sold. And I'm like, what you it said? No early though. birds. Yeah. You said no early birds and you accepted early birds. I would have been an early bird. <laughs> right. But I was, I was a nice early bird. And I said that I would acknowledge your little thing. So it, it can be a little bit awkward, but don't be afraid to show up. And the worst thing that's going to happen is someone's going to say, Hey, we're not ready yet. Uh, and then you can decide just based off of what you're seeing that's out, whether you want to stick around or move to the next garage sale. So it doesn't hurt to be the first one there, even if they're still setting up. Yeah. And I got to tell you here in San Diego, it's crazy. Like we have people that are out at four in the morning, mm-hmm. four thirty in the morning, uh, community sales. We have people that sleep in their cars the night before. Ooh, I haven't seen that. You haven't seen that. No. Oh. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure I've, I just haven't recognized that that was what was happening. No, like I'll show up and people are, now maybe they haven't been sleeping like all night, but I did No, that. No, they have been. Cause I've been to a few and you know, when I show up at their house, I'm like, wow, how early were people here? And they said, Hey, last night we got in late and that car has been there since last night. They just stayed in their car sleeping. Yeah. I mean, there it's so hardcore over here that people will begin knocking on people's doors at 4:30 a.m. just asking if they could start buying. So it's it's crazy. I don't know, like when I show these Instagram stories, uh, people in the Midwest and other parts of the, the country are going, "This is nuts. You guys have it crazy." So we're not saying be that early, but just recognize that people are going to be early. Yeah, but the beauty of being really early, for example, there's one I always go to because I know they have good stuff, and I'll show up half an hour before they open, but I I've bought from them before and it's just me. That's the beauty about being early is you don't have to deal with the competition. You can just take your time looking up stuff. You can, you can actually get a better deal. We'll talk about this next week, but I'm not a fan of negotiating in front of other resellers because I find that the, the person at the garage sale trying to sell stuff isn't going to give you the best deal because they know if they give you a great deal, they're also going to have to give the next person, the next person watching. And so I've noticed that, if, if I'm able to uh, pull a deal off with no one around, I'll get actually a better deal that way. But you get, you gotta be, <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I'll show up and listen, if you show up late and you were looking for an item and it's gone, don't ask them, you know, how much did you sell that item for and whatever, because it's just, you're just ignorance is bliss. Yeah. You're just bringing more pain to yourself. All right. Now during this golden hour, I don't know why I threw this in here, but I just always be smiling. Yeah. I mean, I think probably one of the reasons you put that in there is people are sometimes grouchy in the morning when they're first waking up. Uh, and even if they're not, if they're excited that they're having a garage sale, they're usually like getting coffee. They're still trying to do their morning thing. And so if you come in and you kind of upset like their morning, they're trying to have a morning, they're trying to get their stuff set up, they're they're pouring their coffee and you're like, do you have this? And you just like are overwhelming them. It's not going to be good. The best thing you could do is smile really big. Good morning. How are you doing? Uh, I see you got your coffee there. I drink my like little things to like just mm-hmm. kind of break that ice, show that you're human. Don't overwhelm them. If they're still setting stuff up, you know, just say good morning and don't like start jumping in their face with items and things like that where you're you're 
you're going to set yourself up as, hey, this person is just here for stuff, as opposed to when you're smiling, you're kind, and you don't have to be fake, just be genuine and be uh, thoughtful of other people. And it's going to it's gonna help, especially in the morning too, because not everybody's used to seeing smiling faces in the morning. So <laughs> it helps. Especially when it's dark outside. Yep. That's the, that's still the crazy one. I, that I, I'm not a fan of going to garage sales when it's dark, but it's a good sign when the time change hasn't happened and you're out there and it's dark. To me, that always tells me, hey, I'm actually making it out there, right? If it's super bright outside, it's not a good sign. All right, uh, you need to be fast. You 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 need to be. I I, I don't. I I I go back and forth because I would say if you're a new reseller, maybe it's beneficial to spend the time and look up items. But I would say if if you have a a bunch of garage sales you're gonna go to and you already have that planned out, then you you need to be quick. Because the chances are, if you are somebody that did not get there early, that maybe all the good stuff is already gone. Now, I have still found amazing stuff at nine something in the morning, 10 in the morning, even even 11 in the morning. Uh, but you, you got to move quick. Now, if you find it that you are picking up great item after great item after great item, and you think this is going to turn out as a big haul, then spend the time. Procter & Gamble, Ben & Jerry, Supply & Demand. These are pairs that change the game. But when it comes to business growth, it's you and Shopify. From that exciting moment you launch your online shop to setting foot in your first real-life shop and gasping as you hit that millionth order, Shopify's beside you, cheering you on. Selling shipping supplies or maybe promoting productivity programs, it doesn't matter. Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Their all-in-one e-commerce platform? Check. In-person POS system? You bet. Turn those casual browsers into loyal buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. Did you know it's up to 36% better than other platforms? And there's more. Meet Shopify Magic, your AI-powered MVP, making your life easier. Fact time. Shopify powers a whopping 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. They're the driving force behind big names like Allbirds and Brooklinen. And guess what? They support millions of entrepreneurs across 175 countries. Oh, and did I mention their award-winning support team? Always there, every step of the way. What I love about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash purehustle, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash purehustle now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash purehustle. Right. Because you're, you're going to go, Hey, I'm going to spend a lot of money. I want to make sure that I'm making a good deal. Cause what happens to, I've done this myself. I've gone too fast <laughs> and I'll go to my car later and the stuff is like broken or damaged, or I didn't even notice that. Or, or I end up overpaying because I was trying to move too fast. But generally at a garage sale, being that things are so cheap, it's kind of hard to overpay for items unless, you know, you are going out of your way to buy I don't know, some item that's worth several hundred dollars. Yeah. So do you still move fast? Yeah, I definitely do. Especially the earlier ones. As I get closer, as as the golden hour ends and yeah, we start moving into go. like the yeah. 9, 10, 11 o'clock, 
I'll move much slower because I'm I'm not so concerned about hitting the next place that's still going to be a gold mine that hasn't been stripped of all of its value yet. <laughs> um, so I, I I'll spend the time to look through look through the boxes, look through the buckets, lift up clothes, and see if there's anything underneath. Because sometimes that there is still gold left, and so uh, but you definitely don't want to do that on the first garage sale or two. Sometimes yeah, you, you're so eager to get a sale and so you're like, well, I've looked kind of briefly through everything and I didn't see anything like, let me just look one more time in case I miss something. Well, by that time, the other resellers have moved on. They've got to the next place and you'd be surprised how fast the mornings go reselling uh, because you consider by the time you look at a garage sale, you get back in your car and you drive to the next one. Easily, you, you could be at a garage sale five to 10 minutes and not even realize that much time has passed. And and the next garage sale, even if it's just a mile or two down the road, could take you by the time you get in your car, get your your map quest or whatever, your Google Maps going, you drive there, you find the parking, it could be another five to 10 minutes. So if all of a sudden you're eating up 20 minutes or more between garage sales, between looking, you're getting what, three garage sales in an hour, golden hour is done, it's over, right? So you got it. That's one of the reasons you want to definitely be moving quick. Uh, and then the next thing is you want to kind of keep your hands on all the stuff that you're deciding to buy. You want to, to create the bundles. You don't want to put stuff down and walk away from it. Um, I even get hesitant when sometimes the the seller's like, oh, let's just put this stuff of yours over here. Because I really want to make sure like, okay, I'm going to buy those things. Like, let's, okay. People are shady, man. People will come and grab things from you. And so you, you definitely want to be careful. Um, it, that's one of the reasons where it's helpful to have some kind of a bag or basket. Uh, because then you can kind of start throwing things in it, uh, especially if it's a big garage sale that you're at and you've kind of got your hands full and you're trying to look at something else. And well, what do I do with this stuff? Well, the moment you put it down, the other thing is you can't be afraid to tell people like if somebody starts walking up and looking through a pile, you sit down next to you to say, oh, that's my stuff. And then usually most people, OK, and they'll walk away and uh, be forceful, be be polite, but let people know it's yours. Uh, because I've had that happen to me many times and I don't get upset when I go to start looking at something and someone's like, oh, that turns on fine. what it is. I mean, yeah, if it's your G.I. <laughs> Joe, right? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you got to you, you want to keep it in sight and you kind of want to get all of the stuff together uh, because bundle deals are always useful. They're very they're one of the best ways of getting a deal. And so you want to start pulling things together. Um, even as you're getting ideas on how much things are going to cost, uh, but don't let it out of your sight. Don't let it out of your sight for too long. Uh, if you do have to put it down so that you can look at something at a table, make sure it's like at your feet, that some part of your body is touching those items. Uh, and if the seller says, Hey, we can keep that stuff over here that, you know, you make sure you're like, okay, I definitely want to get these and I want to get this stuff over here potentially too. So that way they do set it aside for you. I don't think I've ever had that happen where a seller has taken stuff and set it aside and then given it to somebody else. I'm sure that has happened to people. Usually it's pretty safe to do. Um, Usually it's the other reseller that somehow gets their hand in there and they right. take out the item. And I've had that happen many yeah, times. Yeah. So yeah, you, you just keep your eyes on the items because nothing is worse than, Hey, I found this item. I'm going to be able to make $80 on it. That's really cool. It's going to cool looking shirt. And then, yeah, next thing you know, you see somebody else walk into their car with it. Yeah. And you may think, and I know this is going to sound crazy, but I've had it happen multiple times that just because you're looking up an item that kind of lets the other reseller know that, this this item is off limits. No, I've had people while I'm looking up an item, put their arm and just grab the item. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it's not a bad idea to be touching it. Now, one of my favorite things this is like a little bit off with like negotiating. Um, 
if there's nobody you just else start coughing a lot, no. If there, yeah, if there's nobody else around, um, and I, I see, let's see, I, I see item A, a vase. It's like a very rare looking vase, or I don't know, whatever it is. And I want to look that item up, but I don't want the the seller to know like I'm super interested in this item. Then I'll go and I'll look up something else, and I'll grab I don't know the water bottle that they have, the flask, and I'll be mm. holding that and playing on my phone. But I'm looking up the vase that's over on the other that's side smooth. of the table, right? So those things can be useful, but if there are other sellers around, you don't have that luxury. You're just going to have to let the seller know that you're interested in this item because you're going to be holding it while you're looking it up. Yeah. Because if your hands are off of it, it's fair game. Someone else is going to come snag it. And the nice thing you can do too, and and we kind of talked about this, keep the bundles out of sight. So if you've developed a good rapport with that seller at the garage sale, uh, you can say, hey, can I just put this behind this door over here? Or can I put it in your backyard or wherever it is? And then you don't have to stress about your item. But I would definitely make sure you keep an eye on your items. Now, Depending on the familiarity or the uh, uh, the familiarity or the crowd, uh, you got to make sure that you take out your phone only if it's a must. Now, I say that as somebody that you know I have pretty good knowledge of what I'm what I what I'm picking up. Right in the early days, you got to pick out you take out your phone pretty much every single time, right? But sometimes you know it may be a detriment to you, right? You may know something is worth good money, right? You watch a YouTube video, you caught our bolos or hustle of the week on the podcast and you see it and you still want to look it up, but there's a ton of resellers. What do you do? You just, you just take it. You just move on. It, you know, it's a garage sale. So if, if it's a low cost, right, you you're risking it, but you know, a dollar or $5, or $10, even a $20 risk is worth that profit. than you know, taking out your phone and taking your sweet time and other people try to get items. This happens a lot, especially when I go to get vintage clothing, uh, I'll, I'll be in there and they'll, they'll lay out like a pile of clothing. It, it's kind of like the bins at a garage sale. And I see the new resellers like pull out their phones and start looking stuff up. And all the other resellers just just taking, 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 taking. And by the time they've looked at that one shirt, they've missed out like in 10 or 20 shirts. Yeah. And part of that is just, you know, experience. The more you do it, the easier it's going to get for you to kind of understand. Uh, but yeah, you definitely want to be be quick. You don't want to be using your phone if you can help it. If there's nobody else around, I mean, one of my favorite things to do or one of my favorite things that I did as a new reseller was to just go to a garage sale and basically look up everything or go to a thrift store and spend three hours in a thrift store just looking stuff up uh, because you start to get a feel for it. That's not time wasted. That's that's knowledge gained. Uh, but it's almost like, uh, you know, I'd imagine like you're, you're playing something with your friends. You're playing a game of cards at home with your friends. Like it's pretty low key. You can kind of be a little bit more relaxed. Then if you're in like some kind of a competition, you're playing at a casino for high stakes money, there's no time to like be goofing around, right? It's like the stakes are higher. Like when you're at a garage sale and you're trying to make money, like the stakes are higher. And so you don't have the the freedom of like, oh, sorry, can I take that back? And like all of the, like the kind of house rules, fun stuff, like that's all gone. You're playing for keeps with a lot of people uh, who are, are trying to make money out there doing garage sales. And so yeah, any any edge you can get, you want to take. And so being on your phone is going to be one of those things where it is useful. I, I still look up most of the time uh, for certain things. But yeah, I mean, if it's if it's really, really, really busy there and you're trying to move quickly, it might just be worth grabbing what you know is valuable and moving on. Yeah, agreed. Again, it all depends on cost. Yeah. And, and then, a lot... I was, yeah, I was going to just say like the last thing is just moving into uh, don't if you fail, if you go to a garage sale and, and let's say uh, it was not successful. Some, one of the worst things you can do is go and see like nothing here was that profitable. 
but I really want to buy something because, you know, like I, I can't just waste my time not buying anything. I've already been here for five, 10 minutes looking around. I mean, maybe I'll just buy something. And so you buy something that's not profitable or what could be even worse than that is, you know, you, you end up overpaying for something that's really not profitable or you watch somebody take the GI Joe machine, right? Like you watch <laughs> another reseller, like you come in and you're looking through a box and somebody walks to the box next to you and then opens it up and it's a box full of Legos. And they say, how much for this? And they say, $5 for that giant box full of Legos. And you're like, no, no, like that could have been me. There's nothing you can do about it. Like all you can do is move on, move on to the next garage sale and then just treat every, every situation as a new start. Uh, because yeah, if you start dwelling on Hey, I didn't make money on this last one or lost an item on the last one. It's going to ruin your day. It's going to shake you up in your head and you're not going to be able to be successful the rest of the day. And there's always another opportunity around the corner. Always, always, always. And it's a tough one. I, you know, if you follow us on Instagram, uh, which you should, uh, you know, I'll go to a garage sale and there's an item and I, I looked at it and I go, oh, I probably should have looked that up. And next thing I know, I find out that it was like $300. Right. And I could just sulk and I can get in my car and I could be like, you know, I'm done with this. I'm going to get some chicken biscuits. Don't do, don't do that. Even though those chicken biscuits will taste amazing and maybe soothe your soul for a little bit, you're going to miss out on profit. Just shake it off, move on, recognize the next garage show may have something that others have missed, that there'll be a great opportunity. It, it's so important because you really can let that just, you know, live run free in your head for the next two hours of garage shows. And you may not pick up anything because all you're thinking about is what you missed out on. All right. Hey, if you haven't yet, uh, you know, follow us on social media. We are Pure podcast on all platforms. Uh, and on Twitter, we are Pure cast. You could always shoot us an email at purespodcast at gmail.com. That's purespodcast at gmail.com. Or give us a call 619-738-1170. 619-738-1170. You know, it'd be cool is if somebody... If people called in like garage sale stories or just questions about garage sales, I think yeah. that'd be a pretty interesting episode. Give us a call. And as always, uh, grateful uh, for all of you that listen to us on the podcast. If you have not caught us on YouTube, come on over and hit that subscribe button. Uh, let us know uh, that you like the episode by smashing that like button and hit that bell notification. So you're always notified whenever you drop a, a Monday mini sode or if we're, uh, we ever decide to go live, uh, or we just drop the random, you know, garage sale video, which we do every once in a while or thrift store or, or any new adventure that Mike and I, uh, go on, uh, reselling. And as always grateful for all the iTunes reviews, definitely help us. We are the most uh, reviewed reselling podcast out there and it allows us to stay on, on top as, as, as far as the reselling podcast. I want to share a couple of reviews. Are we okay with that? All right. Wow. We got a lot of them. Thank you all. We're at 679. We're almost at 700. Ooh, getting close. So I can't wait till we get to 1K. So uh, this comes from, uh, from Swift MFB. Uh, said, so I recently started reselling on both eBay and Mercari. Sales have been so great that I had to invest in a thermal label printer. Nice. My buddy told me that he likes listening to resale podcasts while he's packaging and listing. Did I read this one already? I'm I don't think so. Uh, items. So I started to sell as well. I listen to your podcast every single day while I have my day job. Yeah, we have listened to read this one in the morning and continue when I'm home reselling. I've learned a lot. And most of all, I just really enjoy both of your podcasts. Nice. And I will say, yeah, the thermal printer is a game changer. It definitely, definitely helps out. So, uh, this is from a shop with Ash, uh, said, found these guys early on in reselling said, I found you guys when I was researching reselling, I was hooked pretty quickly, entertaining and educational. After about 10 episodes, I signed up for the discord. 
Thank you guys for what you do. My business is growing and I continue to listen to each Wednesday and always walk away with knowledge. Star, 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 star. Nice. So appreciate the five stars. And one more here. Uh, this is from uh, Hello Yellow Mellow. It said, keeping it real. I started episode one. Dang. That's a real one. I appreciate you listening through episode one and two. And I've really enjoyed the ride. Thanks for all you do. Orlando, you always crack me up when you start laughing. It gets me every time. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, and listen, anytime you go over there and you do a five-star review and let people know why you listen, definitely helps us out in the algorithm. And another way you can help us out is via Patreon. It allows us to continue doing this podcast. Uh, Mike and I, in the last few weeks, have had a lot of family things changing uh, with the new addition of a baby. I myself am now a full-time dad, pretty much. And so, you know, my time is really constrained. And so taking time out to do uh, the podcast, uh, you know, takes away time from reselling. And so anytime you sign up for the 550 a month it helps us out so if you haven't yet uh go to patreon.com uh, slash pierce podcast or go to the link below sign up and uh, a benefit of of being a patreon member is access to our discord which is a thriving community of resellers we have new resellers we have experienced resellers we have people that sell on ebay mercari poshmark amazon uh, and you know, a lot of people just go there to lurk, but there's a lot of people that do contribute and we're good with either group. Uh, it's just been a great place to be. So if you haven't yet, uh, help us out, sign up on patreon.com slash Pierce podcast. Yeah. All right. Are we ready to talk about some, uh, some major scores here? That's right. Come on, hustlers. It's the freaking hustle of the week. Yeah. Hustle of the week. All right. So these are sent in by listeners. Uh, so our first one is from Paul Instagram handle at excelled underscore flips. So came across a local deal and picked up 11 chemistry analyzers for $268. I don't even which know what those are. Breaks down to about $24 a piece. Listed them on eBay one to two at a time. And the same buyers kept coming back. Sold all 11 to two different buyers for a total of $4,700. Dollars that is nice, holy from $268. Good grief, $24 a piece. You're selling it for like over $400 a piece. That's that's crazy. And it's because it sometimes you get lucky and you get one thing that's like that. You buy one thing for yeah. 24 bucks, you're able to sell it for four, 400 bucks. 11 of them, holy moly, and 268 is not a bad buy cost. No, you know, uh, Paul had mentioned in in the post. So if you're not following the hashtag hustle of the week on Instagram, make sure to follow that. That's where we get pull a lot of these from. Uh, but I mentioned like decided to go big on the purchase. Right. And it, it was well worth it. And 268, honestly, is not that bad of a number. Right. I mean, if for some, it may be. I understand. But, you know, if you're starting off new, 268 is not bad. Now, when you get into the 1K, 2K, that's when it gets serious. But look at look at the pro- 268 to 477. It's like a. It's like almost like a crypto like run. Yeah. I'm trying not to be jealous. I'm trying not to I'm trying not to to envy <laughs> and covet your your sell there, but man, that's a good one. All right. This next I'll move on from there. Thank you, Paul. Uh this comes from uh SEO Treasures, I think A C C I E A U X Treasures on Instagram. Came across an alpaca wool hand knit sweater for twelve dollars. Yeah, whenever I come across those sweaters, I always want to do a lookup. At the local thrift store for 12 bucks. Listed it on eBay and sold. It's a industry of all nations alpaca hand-knit sweater for $199 free ship. Nice. I always love hearing new brands because there's always new brands. Like you think, you know, after 10 years, <coughs> you would find 
that pretty much nothing surprises you, but I'm always being surprised all the time. Yeah, always, especially when you find those smaller things. And that's one of the benefits of being a reseller for a long time is you you will find brands that you haven't seen before. And you could usually tell quality-wise, like, oh, this is like a nice quality item. So the fact that I don't know this brand is probably a good thing versus this is a junky quality item. I've never heard of this brand. Probably not a good thing. So uh, that's something just to be paying attention to. So our next one comes from True Rarities, uh, which is from our Discord. Picked up a book at the thrift store for $2.99, which is a little pricey for a thrift store book pickup. It is. They didn't list it on eBay. They listed on Amazon. Listed on Amazon. So listed on an Amazon for approximately 45 minutes and got an offer. Decided not to be greedy and took the offer and sold. You can do offers on Amazon? So great question. So on Amazon, what happens sometimes when people are trying to do like an offer, they'll message you Hmm. and they'll say, hey, are you willing to accept this? And all you do, you say, yeah, sure. And then you just revise the price. So yeah, there is no best offer on Amazon, but I've done it myself multiple times and I'm pretty sure that's what happened here. Gotcha. So (laughs) I took an offer and sold. It was a Peterson Tractor Company, the first 60 years for $299.99 on Amazon. From two ninety nine to two ninety nine ninety nine, you moved a couple decimals over there. <laughs> that's pretty good. Hundred X, right? Yeah, that's 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 legit. That's a sale right there. Oh yeah, and and Amazon's one of those things we don't we haven't talked about much uh, lately. And it's funny because Mike brought that up before the podcast. Like, hey, you're still doing Amazon, and I am, but you know, I, Amazon is still a place that you can still make good money, even if it's not retail arbitrage or private label. Like this is a used book mm-hmm. that was found at a thrift store that was listed on Amazon. So there's still stuff out there. So thank you for sharing that true rarities. Right, I'll share my hustle of the week uh, real quick here. here. So I don't go to the thrift much. I maybe go once a week now. I'm, I'm starting to go because I, I have found uh, that oh, certain thrifts are now kind of adjusting because they're having so much inventory mm. that they, they're giving greater deals. Uh, not the store that shall not be named. That place is still trash. But <laughs> I have no, I just, it just keeps getting worse. Dude, Hawaiian shirts in San Diego, $14.99. Tommy Bahama, $14.99. Natural issue, maybe, $14.99. Just trash. Like, uh. what, what are, okay, anyways, all right. So anyways, went to this other thrift store and I came across this sealed Mustang model car. So let me let me look it up real quick. Uh, but, you know, it's one of those where you look at something and you're like, wow, this is this looks pretty cool. And the, the thing with models is that you got to be careful because you may think because it's sealed that it's worth a ton of money. But a lot of the times it's not because, you know, they're mass produced items, but it's something that's, you know, usually tied into like a collectible market. So let's say it's a VW, right. Or let's say it's a, um, you know, there's a lot of people that collect, you know, Mustangs or Corvettes. And what I found with model cars is that it's very wealthy people that own those cars that want like a mini of that car. Right. So for example, one time I sold a, a Porsche model, uh, for about, you know, it was my early days, so it was like 50, 60 bucks. I only paid like a dollar. I, I sold a Trans Am one that was pretty big in scale, and I paid like, you know, two bucks. That was another hustle of the weekend. I sold it for about 300 Okay. This one wasn't as great, but this was a 1975 uh, new and package MPC Mustang Mach 1 stock vehicle, and it was sealed from 1975, uh, picked it up for $7 and ended up selling for a best offer of a hundred dollars. 
Nice. So you can't beat that. <laughs> I mean, seven to a hundred. That's, that's killer. I'm happy with it. And, and the, here's the thing. I went into the thrift store in the middle of the day and who knows how many people pass over this model and I picked it up. So there's always profit out there. Yeah. All right. What's your hustle? Uh, mine is also books. Um, so I remember we went to that church rummage cell that usually is pretty good for us. We went on the second day though, and it was just trash. We didn't get anything. Was that the, like the massive one or was it the church? Yeah. One? The, the church. Oh, one just recently, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so <clears throat> didn't do super well there. I ended up picking up some books and then also ended up picking up some like, uh, musical sets, like, um, like CDs and, so the books, it was all, everything was half off. And I want to say it was like a dollar per hardback. So it ended up, I ended up getting eight of them as a set. So I ended up paying $4 for the set of eight books. And I listed it for, I want to say $49 plus $5.99 shipping as I think is what it was. Cause I, I'd been doing media mail and it sold, didn't even have to take an offer nice. on it. It just went through and it's like sweet, right? Like th- that's not a bad deal to go from $4 to 50 no. bucks. And, and, Media mail is like so easy to do. I mean, there there are issues with it. It's slower, all of that. But I I don't worry about weight as much and mm-hmm. all of that when it comes to media mail. Even even with packing, I'm, I'll I'll be a little bit more liberal with the uh, like bubble wrap and making sure the the because ba- I'm not concerned about it going up a little bit more in weight. Uh, so it's it's nice when you're selling books like that because it it's definitely cheaper. So yeah, I've sold some massive like huge Civil War books yep. and it still goes media mail. Yep. So nice and that's the thing. You know, we have hustle a week here from four thousand seven hundred, right to my hundred bucks, two hundred to fifty. No, no. But what I'm trying to say is, like, they're all hustles a week, right? It doesn't have to be a large dollar amount. So, don't say, "Hey, I don't know if I want to hashtag this on Instagram." Hustle a week, do it anyways, because you know, in the end, that that's the beauty of reselling is the fact that. You know, it's a big deal. Even still for me, when I get four to 50, I love those sales. If I can have like five of those in a day, like it's a, it's a decent day, right? Because that's only five items I have to ship, right? I'm not a fan of like selling 30 items and having to pack 30 items to make $300 like that. That's a lot of work, right? But I sure am a fan of selling six items to make $300. Like that's a lot nicer. So thank you everyone for sharing uh, your hustle of the week. And real quick, you talk about uh, wrapping stuff, right? Yeah. Sometimes you want to use that bubble wrap. Yeah. So American Bubble Boy, uh, best out there. Free, two-day, next-day shipping. You could do local pickup. They also have other items uh, to help you pack your items you know, safely and so they arrive in good time. And so if you haven't yet, go to our link for American Bubble Boy. Uh, pick up some amazing bubble wrap there. Uh, I, I still, I'm, it's the only place I go to. Yeah. Right. I, I've tried to look at other places and go, maybe there's a better deal out there. And because even though, you know, we do have this relationship with American Bowl Boy, you know, we always got to, you know, make sure our bottom line is is good. And that's right. American Bowl Boy is it. So if you haven't yet, go to our link below, get that bubble wrap. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about what else you should be doing when you're at the garage sales outside of the golden hour. All right. So one of the first things you want to do is you kind of want to go, and this goes without saying, I think, but you want to go to the items you know f- best first because um, you're going to end up spending the least amount of time there. Like if you really know shoes, if you really know use electronics, whatever it is, it's like, this is the thing, you know, you want to go there first. You want to look at those items because you're not going to be wasting time looking things up. You're not going to be, uh, you know, all of the, the, the 
issues that can come up, man, I've never seen this before. I wonder if it's profitable. Well, is this the complete set? And, I, and you're really spending a ton of time, which honestly, some of the most profitable items I've picked up have been things that aren't in a niche that I'm super familiar with. So you can spend more time with the areas you're not familiar with, but go first, the areas you know, because the worst thing we just talked about, like if, if you lose out on a sale, like there's nothing you can do about it, just move on. But the worst thing is if you realize by the time you get to the shoes and that's your area that someone just walked off with a, a pair of Nikes that's going to sell for $400 and you just were, you know, lollygagging and you didn't get over there. Right. So go to the areas, the stuff, you know, first, you're going to spend the least amount of time. Um, and it's going to give you an idea to do these people have profitable items. If you really know shoes, you really know vintage toy, whatever it is. And if it's just junk that they have, it, it'll give you an indication that, Hey, maybe, maybe they don't buy high quality items. Cause typically that's how it ends up being. Like if somebody has, or the things that they're putting out into the, to sell, if it's a bunch of junk, usually everything is junk. Maybe a couple of things aren't, but sometimes the best ones are the ones where people have really high quality stuff and it's going to be high quality across the board. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Now the other thing too, and I see a lot of resellers do this and I, I don't know if there's a right or wrong, but for me, it's something I wouldn't do is don't pick up an item right away and ask for the price unless you're trying to gauge like what they're trying to sell stuff for. Yeah. Right. That's always helpful. And it might even be helpful to do with something you're not even interested in buying. I'm like, Oh, how much yeah, is this mug? Too. Yeah. And if they say the mug is 50 cents and mug might not be the best example, but okay. They're wanting to move things. If they're like, uh, that mug's uh, about twelve ninety nine. And you'll be like, all right, well, I'm definitely not going to be uh, buying anything here. <laughs> agreed, agreed. And the reason being is you're going to get a better deal later on if you bundle the items, right? So they may, you know, sell that mug for twelve ninety nine, but if you buy twenty of their mugs, they may sell that mug for five dollars, which is still a terrible price. But you get where I'm going with this: is that it's better to get the deal in an overall bundle than to do the ones or twosies. Because I've done that before, where I've gone and I bought one item for two bucks, and another item for three, another item for four, and I, I go, I should have just bought this all together. I probably would have gotten a better deal. And usually, if you start doing that, and you say, because a lot of times you find the one thing: how much for these pair of Nikes, or how much for this whatever it is you're buying. And they tell you, ah, $15, $15. And so you're like, okay, $15. And then you see another item. You're like, oh, well, how about, how about this? And so now you've already asked for two things. Mm -hmm. Then when you bring the bundle together, then they go, well, we said 15 for that yeah. and oh, 10 yeah. for this. Yeah. So, and well, then these are pretty close. Those will be, you've already ruined yourself. So you, you want to be able to get the one price right off the bat as opposed to, because then in your head, you can kind of decide like, hey, this is how much this bundle is they told me this price how much can i sell these couple of items is it worth it what's my cost per item and in your head you can say like well these items are, are cheaper you know i picked up two cds so i'm probably not gonna if, I, if it's a hundred dollars for the bundle i'm probably not gonna say like well this is ten dollars for this one cd if you have something that's very expensive in the bundle too so you kind of know you know how they're weighting the the prices on the bundle but you're still going to get a better deal if you bundle agreed um all right so next one is especially if it is something you're uh, familiar with or you've just looked up, don't use specific names. Like you don't want to say how much for this 1973 uh, blah, 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 blah with the 3.4 lens. And, and you like really start to be specific about the item because then you're showing them that you know a lot about it. And so then it's going to ruin your negotiating ability. They might say, well, I don't know how much do you think that's worth? And so then that yeah, puts you in the awkward position uh, or they might not realize what they have. And so a lot of times it's just, if it's a camera or if it's a uh, pair of shoes or something like that, you know, don't say like how much for these like really rare Nike Jordans that uh Nike Jordan 10, whatever. Yeah. Instead yeah. to say, 
uh, how much are shoes or how much for these shoes? And just leave it at that. Be general with it uh, because you don't want to put in their head that this item is more valuable than it might be. Because sometimes you might even make them think that it's more valuable than it is. Or you'll give them that keyword that they'll just go on eBay right there. They'll look it up. I don't know. <laughs> It'll bring your sale. How much are those? Uh, how much is a, uh, what'd you say this was? A a Nintendo. Oh, I've seen that. I, I've yes. seen that happen okay. live before me many times. Yeah. Instead, just be like, how much for the, how much for the gaming stuff? And then just leave it at that. Instead of saying like, how much, ooh, how much for this? Like first, first model uh, Nintendo NES. Don't do that. Yeah. I, I vintage toys all the time. I'm like, how much for these toys over here? Actually, the little toys. Yeah, don't go like, how much for this Masters of the Universe first edition, 1983, you know, Skeletor. Like, and, and usually you know if they know what that is, if they've got it set up separately on the table with like, you know, in like little cases and they've got little eBay printouts already. Oh, the worst. Then you ignore that. But if it's just like in a pile of other toys, that's that's when you don't want to call it out. Now, this is, this is a tough one. I struggle with this one. And it's not being rude to sellers or other resellers. Now you still got to be protective, right? You still, you know, we talked about don't take your hands off items. Make sure if you're bundling that, you know, you keep it out of sight or you make sure that you have an eye on it. But here's the deal. Like you may start off on the right or wrong foot, right? You may show up and be nice and say, Hey, good morning. How's it going? And, and you cry. I do this. This is me all the time. I'll crack a joke, but it's not funny. Yeah. I'm not surprised right? you do that. <laughs> right. Or, or maybe it's even insulting. Like I'm being sarcastic and they're not vibing with me. Yeah. Right. And so you don't want to do that, do that because that'll, that'll put you in a bad place for negotiating later on. I, and also let's say you had beef with another reseller at, at a place and you know, that GI Joe story, I wish I knew which episode it was, but in that GI Joe story, what happened is that the real estate company had told people, you know, we'll put numbers based on when you show up and that didn't happen. Instead, they decided to go with, we're just going to say go and people can just run to their items. And somebody ran out there and grabbed this huge G.I. Joe thing that was worth a lot of money in front of me and just swooped it. Now, I did lose it a little bit and I went off on the state sale people for a few seconds. Like, I can't believe you guys did that. You know, you guys said this and now you did this. And then after a while, I was like in my head, you know, I didn't have like the angel and the devil on each shoulder, but it was kind of like, shut up. You realize you're going to have to negotiate with these guys later on. You just need to shut your mouth. And so I was like, hey, you know what? It's all good. We're good. Things happen. And they're like, yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. And things were good. And guess what? 30 minutes later, I had to negotiate a huge bundle with them. And had I kept on and on going about that and being upset, I wouldn't have gained any ground with those individuals. But the fact that I kept it cool really quick. I mended that relationship, I believe allowed me to get that better deal later on. Yeah. And then even with the sellers too, like not being rude, I've, I've seen a lot of, because negotiating is super important, but sometimes people, they try and almost insult the item as a way oh, of negotiating. Like, oh, well, this, is, school. this yeah. is really dirty. Like, this is really bad. Now there's nothing wrong with saying like, oh, you know, that, that's a pretty good price. There's, there's some scratches on, do you know, does it work? Okay. Yeah. I'm not sure what the scratches and putting it down as opposed to like, yeah, this is in really bad condition. This is terrible. Um, how about $15, right? Like if you're like really yeah. wanting it, but you're also insulting them at the same time. Like, so just be careful with that. Yeah. Cause it could be something that means a lot to that person. Yeah. yeah. Right. It might hold special memory and you're like, yeah, this jacket's so torn up, so beat up. Who, who took care of this? Oh, this stuff smells. And they're like my father that just passed yeah. away last month. And you're like, oh, like you're, you're in a bad place. Like, just don't do that. Yeah, yeah, don't do that. Um, and and then ultimately at the end, you want to be 
in a place to negotiate at the end. Even if you get a number where you're pretty happy with, you've done the initial setup stuff. You said, hey, how much for this bundle? You've been nice. You got there early. You picked up the things you knew were valuable. You didn't let any of it go. You did all the things we said. And you might get a number that's pretty good. You know, you've got a good bundle together and they're like, ah, $50. Now, there there are times and places where I'm, I'm okay with not negotiating depending on the situation. But 99% of the time, you want to negotiate. If they give you that number... You're going to want to try and go down from there because the reality is when you're looking at your total profit, it's going to be the cost of goods compared to how much you're able to sell the item for. So if you could bring that number down of the cost of goods, one, you're lowering your risk and two, you're increasing the total amount of profit that you're get, getting, which is you know, putting food in your kid's belly. It's it's taking care of the things you need to do. It's, it's paying your bills, your electric bill. And so... Um, if, if they don't want to make the deal, they won't make the deal. A lot of times people will kind of insult us and say, or, or oh, look at us and I, think that I, we're I, being people too are mean cool. to me. There, there are times where, you know, there's, you could say people have gone too far with negotiating. I've, I've definitely seen it. I've seen people go too far. Um, but the reality is if I'm happy with 40 and they want to sell it at 50 and we can't end up meeting and maybe we meet at 45 and if they don't budge at all and I end up deciding, well, that's. I'm not going to make profit, then I can say no. And if they decide that they could sell it for 50 and they don't want to sell it for 40, they can say no. So in a negotiation, it's it's in good faith. At any point, the other person could say like, no, this is my number. I'm not moving from it. And people typically aren't moving beyond uh, what, what, what they're comfortable selling anyway. So uh, don't be afraid to negotiate. Um, you're going to, we have so many episodes. In fact, we are going to have one coming up where we're going to really dig into uh, how to negotiate at a garage sale because those are very important tips and tricks. Uh, but in the meantime, while you're waiting for that, uh, go check our Never Split the Difference book reviews. Uh, I think there was maybe three of them, at least two yeah. of them, where we went into a lot of uh, detail with uh, how to negotiate. A lot of it's kind of just broad principle stuff that you can use in every aspect of life. Uh, but then we kind of talked about how it applies to reselling because, yeah, this is a good, it's a good skill to have. I mean, so many people end up you know, getting the the raw end of the deal when they are... Uh, going to buy a car or something because they don't know that they have some negotiating power. So don't leave any money on the on the table. Uh, take everything you can, get as much as you can out of it. And at the end of the day, if you want to pay more, pay more. But if you don't buy at a price that you're not happy with because you're afraid to negotiate. Yeah, and I I want to just reiterate again. They're never going to sell the item to you unless they're comfortable with that price. You're not, you're not, you know, holding somebody hostage, putting a gun to their head saying, take this amount that I'm telling you. If they didn't want to sell it to you, like Mike said, they would say no. So always negotiate garage sales. Even if you're getting a great deal, never hurts to just get an, you know, a lesser number because in the end that dollar or two or whatever you end up, you know, gaining out of the negotiation will allow you to buy something else that will also be profitable. So it just continues to build. So make sure you're negotiating. So stay tuned for our that themed episode uh, coming up in two weeks where we're going to start talking about negotiating at garage sales. And with that being said, make sure to be real, be relevant and be reselling. Late. Peace.